Okay, here's the deal. I wasn't going to talk about this. It was and is to me a behind-the-scenes thing. And furthermore, it's just the second episode. Who wants to be listening to a podcast host being all weepy, right? Well, to be honest, it's because this podcast is my baby. Also because I can, so I will. And also because in these interesting times we live in, I didn't get to do a eulogy for it. So partly personal therapy, so please bear with, okay? On the 4th of June, I lost my dad. Dad was a big part of how I am the fan I am. He was my buddy. We could talk for ages about movies and shows and books and history. He was a geek like me. He could go on about politics and policies and about life and mental health. We could topic jump for hours. His favorite thing to ask me was what shows I was into lately. I told him about my fanfictions, my ships, the fandoms I was in. He has always encouraged my curiosity. And there was never a time in my life that I can remember where dad tried to limit my thirst for knowledge and understanding. My opinions and thoughts and feelings were always valid with him, even when they were in opposition to his own. Even when he didn't understand, he would take the time to sit with me just to patiently listen. And if we both didn't know something, we could always look it up together and parse it into something we could both understand. Dad had lived the last 30 years with kidney failure. He has always been in and out of hospitals all my life. But the reality of actually losing my dad in such a sudden manner is something I will be sad about for a very long time. I didn't get around to telling him about this podcast. I'd wanted to save this until the lockdown restrictions were properly lifted to go see him and have a proper chat that wasn't just over the phone, as we had been doing the past couple of months. I know he would have been excited for me and proud of me, as he always is about the things I do. The last thing I said to him was, I love you, and I heard him say, I love you too. I'll miss him always but I know he is proud of me that I had never left anything unsaid with him okay enough weepiness thank you for listening through all of that now on with the show Today we are talking about fandom etiquette, specifically how social media has impacted fan culture. How is that a good thing and how it could be taken in a negative way? This is going to be an ongoing thing that will crop up from month to month, so we'll expect part 2's entries soon enough. I'm not sure how it will happen, but it will happen. Please bear in mind that 
the views and opinions on this episode are those I have found from articles and journals online as well as being my own. This is not everything that can, should, and must be said about the matter. It barely skims the surface and I hope to address it further someday. I'll be honest. My personal views are that I try not to be on social media as much as I can be. Personal friends know this. It's not as if I'm averse to being on social media. It's just more that as I have advanced in age, I just realized that having a Tumblr, an Instagram, a Facebook, a YouTube channel, a Snapchat was just draining, you know? I recognize the necessity of them in this day and age, especially when my day job revolves around the managing of the social media for a business entity. It's definitely a the touch point for a lot of communication and dissemination of news and updates. A fact that has never been more clearer than in the last six months during the pandemic and the protests that have erupted worldwide. Now, as we have established, fandom by definition requires the consumption of the original media project. And with the increase in worldwide connectivity, the access that fans have to information and new media projects or products have become even more convenient than it was 10 to 15 years ago. Of course, for a lot of people, social media has been a lifeline longer than we all had to be locked down in our homes. This increased exposure has also changed the dynamics on where fans or content consumers sit on the cycle of information and idea exchanges. Social media has positively affected fan culture because it has increased the interaction between the fan and the media producers. This increased interaction has allowed fans to feel more interconnected with the media producers by allowing the fan to see them as a person, not a celebrity, this allows for a personalized interaction between fan and media producers. Best part of this is definitely how fans can directly comment on a media producer's post and get responses in return. You can see this in how certain celebs respond to their followers on Twitter with some humor and sass or addressing them directly when they've made a comment that they either agree with or they don't. A special case in point which doesn't directly correlate with the point uh, but I just feel like sharing this story from 2018 because it still amuses me to this day where a girl uh, snapped her retainer when she saw Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger in Black Panther take off his shirt in the fight scene for Wakanda's throne. Yeah, that really iconic fight scene. <laughs> I mean, if I had retainers, I would have I snapped them too. I'm just saying. She clenched her, her jaws so hard her retainer, her retainer snapped and her orthodontist had shared the story on a Tumblr post thread. So when the girl picked up on the story on Twitter, by that time, it had become like a whole thing um, to a point whereby Michael B. Jordan actually offered to pay for her replacement retainer. This backs up the hypothesis that Social media is a new medium of communication. Becoming the bridge between fan and media producer has allowed for platforms like Facebook and Twitter to grow because as more and more celebrities come onto the platform, so have their fans. As we have seen in the 
past couple of weeks, if not years, like people like John Boyega, Ryan Reynolds, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, the Obamas, Chrissy Teigen, and many others have had the practice of using their social networks to combine aspects of their personal and private life. Oh, sorry, personal and public lives. I can't English today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this blurring of lines has formed um, strong feelings of inclusion and value between their fans and themselves. The positive part of this is that there is this new level of fan culture where celebs allow the fans into this inner sanctum that had not existed like maybe a generation ago. We have definitely seen it in sentiments that you can definitely find online. Like Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark and you know how Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool and a marketing genius, which he which he is. Like Ryan Reynolds is a marketing genius. <laughs> like we have seen this inability to separate a celebrity away from the characters and the personas that they have on screen and in public. And the def- and definitely the conflation becomes dangerous when seemingly media producers fail. And I say this with quotation marks, they're fans. Now Going back on my dissertation, I know, I know, I know, I'm kind of beating the dead horse here, but bear with me. I am running low on things I can pull from it, so soon you shall be free. (laughs) Right, so back when I was doing my dissertation, I was trying to pull on how female representation in Super Hulok um, uh, was being done and how it was like, and it was definitely like, inevitable I would touch upon like the actors and the writers and producers of this show and how they were asked by their fans about the things that were happening in fandom. So during my research, uh, it brought up Caitlin Moran, a British journalist. So at a 2014 Sherlock uh, Q&A panel event, which was moderated by Moran, she behaved in a manner that was seen as a betrayal to the fans. It had been hoped that Moran would help subvert the trope that female friends are crazy and obsessive as she herself identifies as being a fan of the BBC Sherlock series too. But when she asked the show stars Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman to read excerpts of fan fiction while they were on stage, her actions were likened to that of chat show hosts like Graham Norton who do these gimmicks as a means of eliciting a response from their guests. Her actions, whether they be intentional or not, have been taken to be a perpetuation of stereotypes of fem- uh, like female fans in, in mainstream culture. Let's be real, Super Hulok is one of those um, wildfire phenomena that I don't think I have seen before or since. They were made up of individual fandoms whose fans you could pick out in a Venn diagram of the shows and where their fans correlate. I definitely remembered like pictures from Comic-Con during that period of time where there were like Sherlock-inspired TARDISes or fan comics and fan videos with like the Winchester brothers and um, having adventures with Amy, Rory and the 11th Doctor in the BBC Sherlock universe. And it was just a wild thing. It was so much creativity. But of course, with that creativity, you know, burning so big and wide and, and fast, there needs to be an endpoint. So just like wildfires, they, they die out. Super Hulok pretty much faded away from their birthing platforms of Tumblr and Twitter. 
I don't think I have seen much new content from those fans who were avid and passionate about it back then. I think I saw someone talking about how the fandom has migrated to Pinterest, I wouldn't know. But the point here is that, you know, even amongst fan-generated fan media, there seems to be, I don't know, this strangeness about it like this this way of making things and dragging it out sort of how I'm like doing with my dissertation which will probably stop it I hope it will stop okay I, I hope I don't have to draw any more things from my dissertation I swear I swear to like like fairy godmothers okay <laughs> okay now back to the main topic on hand like this issue is in part an ethical issue to me. Media producers, and I'm talking about authors, actors, writers, etc. here are like human beings. They are human beings. They are flawed and they will make mistakes in ways that make us feel like they have failed us in some way if we put them on that pedestal. Because if to hold them to that pedestal that makes them seem like heroic, without reproach and immune to criticism, it is hazardous. Because where does this stan behavior stop i'm not sure i'm using the stan term correctly so like uh, correct me if i'm wrong uh esmeralda if i'm listening correct me if i'm wrong okay but on that note making media producers subject to all the critics and obliged to listen to their fans is dangerous look at the south korean entertainment industry for all the veneer of a shiny, prim, and proper image that is being projected, there is a person with their own struggles and dreams. I remember stories from when I was still active in the K-pop fandoms where Kim Hee-chul, a member from the boy band Super Junior, would have to cross-dress as a woman on dates with his girlfriend at the time to avoid being recognized by his fans. Now you would think, Oh, why, why would he need to cross-dress? But bear in mind, um, back then, like, like even as recently as like three, five years ago, Korean idols could not date. Like they have a no dating uh, clause in their um, contracts. And there were so many cases of like Korean idols getting kicked out of uh, the group. Um, being forced to retire from the industry just because, you know, they, they dated someone, you know, they, they were caught with their boyfriends or girlfriends or their partners. Um, even now, like, there's still so many, you know, issues with this because, like, if you are part of the LGBTQIA community in South Korea, you still can't really be very open about it, especially if you are a Korean idol. Like that, like that was like the expected payment that you had to give. You needed to give your own personal lives in repayment to be an idol. And then when you get fans who feel this immense feeling of ownership over their favorite media producers, that becomes unhealthy as well. I remember stories about another K-pop boy band, Dongbang Shinki, who at the height of their fame, had to deal with fans stalking their every move, even to the point of watching them eat at cafes. Like legitimately, they were just eating at cafes after like a program or a schedule and the fans are just crowded. They're just 
standing like maybe two tables away just taking videos and it was like a group I like it was wild okay and I had certainly thought, like, I definitely had thought that it was cute back then because, hey, I was part of the fandom and they were all in South Korea. I was all the way here and I couldn't, like, you know, interact with them directly. They didn't speak my language. I didn't speak Korean. I don't speak Korean very much. <laughs> and, like, I even wished on some level I could participate in that form of adoration, but that shit shouldn't have been seen as normal or adorable. Like, that was definitely an invasion of someone's privacy to be watched insane. Like, nobody, not even, like, definitely not even a celeb or someone, a public figure, should be, should have to have their every move scrutinized like that. On your every move, that was just, there is even a Korean word for fans who behave this way. Sasang fans. Where, uh, there was, there was this bunch of Star Wars fans who hated the fact that she, an actor, an actress, um, was the obstacle to their pairing being made true. Like, she got so much hate just because she was playing a character that she herself was so passionate about. Like, Kelly Marie Tran is pretty much what we would consider an ascendant fangirl pretty much like she like if you've seen the interviews from back then like Kelly Marie Tran was definitely a fan you know she definitely she she I think there was this one um interview that she said that she shipped uh Kylo Ren and and Armitage hugs which is just wow like girl you are ascendant fangirl man like mad props <laughs> But yeah, like, where was the logic in that? Like, where was the logic in hating on a person because she played a character that apparently, allegedly, seemingly was a, a like an, an obstacle to your favorite pairing, your OTP being made true? Where was the logic in that? Where is the logic in that? Just because of of this fictional character, Kelly Marie Tran was cyberbullied and harassed by fans. In Korean culture, a sussing or sussing fan is an obsessive fan who stalks or engages in other behavior constituting an invasion of the privacy of a Korean idol or other public figure. The term sussing comes from the Korean words sa meaning private and sang meaning life in reference to fans' intrusion into celebrities' private lives. You definitely have heard of this case, and if you've not, like, quite possibly you've been living on the rock, but here it is. Um, you get the Kelly Marie Tran case. Kelly, Mar Re Kelly Marie Tran, sorry. Kelly Marie Tran was bullied off their social because there was this huge... Thing back when um, The Last Jedi came out. Eventually, she wrote a piece for the New York Times and spoke up about the way that she was treated. But the damage was already done. It has been widely speculated that the fear of the fans are is one of the things that got Rose Tickle, her character, Kelly Marie Tran's character in the Star Wars uh, saga, a reduced screen time 
in The Rise of Skywalker, the most recent um, Star Wars movie last year. Apparently, like, this is the last, you know, of the Skywalker saga. I don't know, man. Like, I don't trust these people. The House of Mouse about to make some lots of money. I don't, I don't trust them. But yeah, like, you, Kelly Marie Tran is, like, this perfect example of someone who has had to go up with these fans who feel so entitled to the media product. And used social media to interact with those negative feelings and how it then this is for me personally, like it was ridiculous. When I heard it, I, I was just like, this is ridiculous, this is stupid. Like obvious look look, Rose Tico wasn't my favorite character in the new like trilogy. You know, like I'm I liked her i think she's got gumption but like i don't care i didn't care like either way it's like she was there like i just thought okay cool another character and this character looked a little like a lot like me and she's cute so like hey like cool and she's brave and she stands up for what she believes in even if you know it's not what necessarily like what other people believe in like i i like that i liked the representation of her character being another tie to another human being for Finn's character and I think that was just awesome but I hated the way how you know eventually in The Rise of Skywalker her character was treated I hated the fact that and I still do hate the fact that the fans because of their supposed like oh we have to be loyal to the original um vision by george lucas or we we have to be loyal we have to be um you know be true they have ruined star wars for me pretty much they they have i'm not gonna lie about it it is easy to claim that you are not that fan like oh no 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 i'm not that fan i'm not that fan i'm not like that i'm not surrounded by people who do this. You know, none of my fandom friends are like this. But what does it matter when you are not one of the persons calling out these types of behaviors when you see it? Even if you are not one of those fans, it means jack to the side of squat when you stay silent. Okay. The fandom etiquette part of today's episode is this. Unless media producers ask about it, Keep fandoms to yourselves. Fandom etiquette also says, dude, if you don't have anything nice, don't say. Okay, just keep your trap shut. Doesn't mean that you have a platform. Doesn't mean that you have fingers to type out what you want to say. Doesn't mean that you have a Twitter, a Tumblr, Facebook, whatever. You should say it. Sometimes it's better to just keep your damn mouth shut. Okay? Just, if you don't, like, look, just live and let live, right? Live and let ship. Live and let fan. Other people's... You don't need to comment on this, okay? It's just not your place. Just leave it. Leave it alone. Like, if you don't like it, then just scroll along. Block the person. Unfollow the person. Like, you don't have to react in such a way that creates just this overall 
negativity for everyone involved because hate only feeds hate. So, so, so don't, don't be that person. Just like how, you know, Singaporeans had a circuit breaker, be a circuit breaker for this. You don't need to continue and perpetuate this cycle of hate. It's not necessary. Okay? So unless in cases like Sasha Dewan, in celebration of his portrayal of the latest incarnation of the Master on Doctor Who, um, he, at, he had asked his fans to share fan art with him, and his fans did, and, you know, he shared on his Insta stories. You know, like, unless you're doing that, you know, don't, unless they are asking, don't say anything, you know. Because mileages may vary and they don't need to know, you know? Like, seriously, maybe it's just the fandom old part of me speaking. But like, come on, my dudes, they don't need to know. (laughs) I mean, or in the case of like Joey Beatty, like after the the release of his latest, his band's latest album, his band, The Amazing Devil, Devil, like check them out by the way, because they got me through the lockdown. Like, oh my goodness, their songs inspired this Florence and the Machine um, movement in me, like this inescapable thirst to, to dance. But yeah, like I digress. Uh, Joey Beatty, he came on um, Tumblr. Um, he's actually on Tumblr. And he, you know, like he just wanted to see where, you know, allegedly most of his fans are at. And I think that's really cute, you know? But no one traumatized this dude with the crazy shit that's on Tumblr. I swear to all the fairy godmothers, do not. Do not traumatize him, okay? But yeah, fandomatic part one. Take that how you will. <laughs> I may pick up some of the threads uh, in today's episode again and expand them. But as with all things, we shall see. I don't like making promises I can't guarantee I can keep. So if you are interested in talking or expanding some of the points that I made today, you know, do drop me an email at randomingpodcast at gmail.com. That is randomingpodcast, R-A-N-D-O-M-I-N-G podcast at gmail.com or drop me a DM or comment on Instagram at thegapcarry, that is T-H-A. T-H-E-G-A-V-C-A-R-R-I-E. Look, I had to turn off the fan, okay? I had to turn off the fan. It's so hot right now. I'm dying. I'm trying to get through this, okay? Just bear with. Before I sign off, I wanted to direct you to a list of YouTube videos you can watch to donate to help with the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter movement. Sorry, I do apologize. You can also check out a list of businesses to support um, as well as a list of, um, you know, resources to continue to support this uh, movement. All of these will be linked in this episode description box. I would like to urge everyone to continue to support this human rights movement. We must continue to listen and uplift the black voices, our black brethren uh, around us, and to continue to educate ourselves. Um, Because just as 
face masks in public are the new norm, continuing to confront our inherent prejudices, prejudices and biases should also be part of that. For all the sources and sites where I got my information, I will also putting I will also be putting them in the show notes as references, which will also be linked in the episode description box. Tune in tomorrow for the very first interview episode with Janie Dean, also known as Lavinia. I love pronouncing her name like that. Okay, I'm so sorry, Lovey, but like Lavinia. Oh my gosh, it's such a pretty name, okay? There will be much talk about Anon hate and the state of fan culture. So please, please, please do tune in for that because this is, yeah, like I just want to spotlight my friends, okay? <laughs> Randoming of the Randomness podcast is available on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, pa- Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. I'm, I'm just, I'm so proud, okay, like this little baby is like out there. If you like what you hear today, please do give us a 5-star review wherever you can. It will help us out so much by highlighting this podcast and, you know, getting the word out there. Um, yeah, like share about this podcast. I would appreciate it so, so, so much. So yeah, I send you, dear listeners, all my love. Have a good day, week and or weekend ahead. Bye.